following is a production of Locked Up Sports. Everybody, this is Don LaGreca from the Michael K Show. When it comes to talking sports, Bob Walters and Brett Grasso are the authority. Tying run at the plate in a 5-2 game with the Mets down to their final out. 1-0 the count to Alvarez. Here's the pitch. Breaking ball hit in the air to deep left field. Back goes Rayleigh. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. He hits a hanging breaking ball, walks halfway to first before flinging the bat high in the air in jubilation. He has hit a three-run home run to tie this game 5-5 to with the Mets down to their last out in the bottom of the ninth inning. Alonzo drives one, deep left field, really going back. It's out of here, and the Mets win it! Into the second deck, Alonzo, a three-run shot, and the Mets walking off for the first time this year. One to grow on for the New York Mets. The two youngsters kept the minute, and the best home run hitter in baseball wins it in the bottom of the 10th with a three-run blast. Thanks for coming out, guys. Let's fucking go Mets. Can't wait. When it comes to talking sports, they're the authority. It's Bob Walters and Brett Grasso. It's Lock Up Sports, and it starts now. Bring them out, bring them out. Hey! Bring them out, bring them out. Yeah. Bring them out, bring them out. Hey! Bring them out. Here we go! Bob Walters, Brett Grasso, from the Brian Gunzel Studios, this is Locked Up Sports. We got a big one for you here today. The Mets get their biggest win of the season. The Yankees are caught cheating twice. The Sixers fire Doc Rivers. New family member of Locked Up Sports maybe reverses the curse. And we speak with Jack Curry of the Yes Network about his new book, The 98 Yankees. Are they the greatest team ever? Brett, what is up? Welcome to the show. Oh. Separate. We're in separate locations, Brett. This You're up. in Brian Gunzel Studios, Save I'm in Brian Gunzel Studios, Sunnyside. But we are here. We made it to the show. How are you? Bob. I am fantastic. Oh, my God. Yeah, we're in separate locations because congratulations on the new father of Locked Up Sports, the father of the new baby, Bethany Hope Walters. Well, I was already the father of Locked Up Sports, so I was already oh, a father. Well, maybe the captain. But now I'm like a real father. Now I'm a real father. But born... On 517 at 1245 at seven pounds, two ounces, Bethany Hope Walters. Congratulations, you know Bob. And Thank to you. the mother, Sarah, who I've talked Beautiful. to, she knows she's doing well. Congratulations, she's doing Bob. Well. The baby's doing well. She's doing well. Everything is everything is great. It, uh, it's unbelievable. And now imagine this, but imagine your entire you've lived your entire life. The Mets have never lost. The Yankees have never won. <sighs> That is, I mean, that, imagine, that she's is, living the dream. That is pretty, and that is the best part of this whole thing, is, I think this, like, since she this happened, the most amazing Mets game I think I may have seen <laughs> in a long time. I that's what it's going to, that's the day she was born was that game. It was unbelievable. I actually put money on it, because I was like, oh, you know, she won, uh, she's born, She's Mets fan. I'm Mets fan. Let's put money on. She got called bucks up. On. Vientos got called up. They're up. And they're, the babies, and they're, and they're crushing the it. They are crushing it. Listen, last night's game, like, like you said, probably the best, definitely the best game of the season. And maybe, maybe 
a season changing game. I mean, they the place was dead. It was empty when they hit the home runs. I mean, Vientos hit one in the seventh. I was on the train coming home, and I had seen they were down two nothing. So I'm like, all right, sixth inning, seventh inning. I'm like, all right, whatever. Let me just let this bet ride out. I put a hundred dollars on it, whatever. And it was like two to one or whatever it was, and the the odds were two to one. And I got home, and Vientos had, had hit the home run, so it was two two. As soon as I sit down, now the curse. This is gonna go with the curse is not dead because as soon as I sat down, they got three runs. Yep. And it's five two. The Mets were giving up stall. They were stealing bases at will. They had like seven stolen bases. Which were all, none of them were Alvarez's fault. They were all the pitchers. I don't know what they're doing. So they were on the verge now of losing this series. It would have been eight or nine series in a row that they either tied or lost. And the whole, the season was going down the drain. What happens? They get a two out, three, you just heard it, three run home run by uh, Alvarez on a, it was a, was it a pinch hit home run? By Alvarez? I think it was, right? No, no, he was in the lineup. No, 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 he was in the game. I'm sorry, you're right. He was catching. He was in the lineup. He hits the three-run home run, a no-doubt-about-it shot. And you're like, okay, he, I jumped up. I was on my Bottom couch. Bottom of the ninth, two outs. Two outs. But then what happens in the 10th? Steals third immediately, base hit, two more, two-run score, and you're like, all right, here we go. Oh, man. Now and, it's the same thing. Now they're down two. And you have to win that game. The whole thing was like, it's not enough to just have the comebacks. And it's a good story. You don't feel good about it unless you go on and win that game. No, you need to win the game. You need to win the game because th- now you blew it. Now it's like, okay, we came back, but the Rays are the best team in baseball and this and that, and they just beat us. We Our bullpen sucks. So they get two more in the 10th, and you and that second run is such a killer. The second run is the, is the big killer because now you already start with the guy in second, which I had forgotten about for some reason. I saw him steal third, and I was like, How, did I miss something? I've been watching. I always forget about it. So... Because the Mets haven't played many extra inning games this year. This they is should their have first two walk-off. regular innings before they put And then run. Alonzo comes up, two on, and crushes it. He crushes it into the second deck. A three-run home run. It they was got crazy. And he was, he was sick. That's another thing. He was sick with, like, the flu yeah, yesterday. He's, he's been sick. He was sick today and hit another one. And he hit another one today. And they, I saw Buck after the game. They asked Buck about it. And he said, you know what? He's like, I'm trying. And Buck's got like a dry sense of humor. I find them funny. A lot of people don't laugh at his stuff. Like his stuff doesn't hit in the press conference. He said, he goes, well, I'm actually uh, have some people looking into it. We're trying to figure out a way to keep him sick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so and, he, um, and you got to love, listen, you got to love Alonzo. What he said was they asked him about it, him being sick. And he's like, you know what? He's like, I didn't feel great. But, you know, my job description says baseball player. We had a baseball game today, so I came out and played. Yep. Three-run home run. He said, if I'm physically capable, I'll be in the lineup. Now, it, w- it, w- it wouldn't have been a huge win, because if they went out today and they lost 8 nothing or 8-2 to two on one of these get-away get camp day, it was like a camp day game, and if they would have lost today, that it almost negates last night. Yeah. So you had to back it up. They put the kids back in the lineup, Alonzo another home run, the pitching. No, they didn't put the kids back in the lineup. Oh, they didn't. No, 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 no. This is. I had a big problem with this today. Huge, okay, then I huge have a problem. problem. Huge problem. You want to know who sat? Vientos sat. Alvarez sat. Alvarez sat. See, I hate that. No, listen. Why do you it's even Alvarez? worse. So they 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 questioned him before the game. So they go to Buck and they they go to him in the press conference. They're like, listen. They're like, what's up with? He goes, you know what his response is. 
Vogelback's a pretty good player, no, too. No, <laughs> no, no, quote, no. I quote Buck before the game. You know, Vogelback's a pretty good player, too. No, you see, you can't do that, though. But but the kids... It was so forget bad. Forget about Vogelback. Listen, forget it. Vogelback's young, too. But forget about Vogelback. Tommy Pham played. Vogelback played. Yeah, Tommy Pham played. Tommy Pham's got to go. I don't Tommy care. Tommy has got to go. <sighs> I can live with Vogelback on the bench. I can live with Vogelback on the bench. I, every once in a while, I'll come out and run into one sometimes, and I'll hit it a, a ton. But Vogelback can't play today. And you know what the worst part about it is? Is he put out like a, a getaway day lineup, right? You noon, 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 one o'clock start on a what, what's say Thursday, Wednesday, Thursday. The Mets aren't going anywhere. They got Cleveland coming in. Nope. So it's not a getaway day for this the This is my biggest got- biggest problem with Buck. Let me tell you, and this is the only thing that worries me about Buck. And maybe this is part of, like, listen, he hasn't had that much success into in the postseason when it comes to these things. I think it may be where he wants to, listen, you have your lineup. There's guys on the Yankees who were those guys who you knew were going to come up as pinch hitters or pinch runners or they had their roles on the team. These are not guys who were starting on the teams on those great teams. They had their roles on the teams. And Buck th- is is a, oh, let's get everybody involved, but let's be fair to this guy, or let's be fair to that guy. No, we are here to put the best lineup on the floor who is going to win every single day, and I don't know why he doesn't feel that way. No, I don't think he's about matchups. I don't think he wants to be fair. I don't think it's about being no, fair. No, but he, he is. He's about lefties and righties and matchups. He doesn't trust the kids. He's on. It, it's it's a little tough to watch when Vogelback can barely hit righties. He couldn't hit a lefty if you tried. And, and God forbid he gets on the base, he jams up the base pass. Yeah. He can't run. It, it, it's it's a tough thing to watch right now when you have so much talent and I, I, it's going to be different to see. Maybe that's just a now thing, and he's playing that like early game, but. Down the stretch, I want to see if this lineup is consistent or if he's going to keep just running a new lineup, different guys, different spots every single night. I don't like that. Yeah, well, you can't. You can't. I mean, listen, that kid. And don't give me the he needs a give him a rest day game after night. I listen. He's like 20 something years no, old, Brad. No, we would go out drinking all night and we'd be at the car wash. That kid probably barely slept. He is ready to play. That kid wants to play. That's not yeah, even just for them. Play. That's for them and for the fans. That's for both of them. Let me tell you, you run those kids out. You want to get this team sparked some more? Every Let day. me tell you, run them they, out every they, day. they squeaked by this game today. They got lucky in this game today. They almost blew this game in the ninth today. Yeah, and you know what? And the bullpen stinks too now. Yeah. The bullpen, Robertson, the, the bullpen which Robertson, was all right, stinks. Robertson ru- got roughed up and almost blows the game last night. He ends up getting the win out of the deal. But the, tonight he does come back. He has he goes and he gets a save. I'll give him that he steps up. Good game. I mean, but it wasn't an easy go for him. Well, you can't. Listen, you can't. In yesterday's game, in the 10th inning, you cannot give up the – you cannot – well, not even in the 10th inning. Okay, they gave it up in the 10th. In the top of the eighth of the bottom, or the top, yeah, the top of the eighth is where they got the three runs. You cannot give up a three spot <laughs> after you just get that huge two run home run to tie the game. Yeah. You can't give up a three no. run inning. They would give up too many home runs all year long. Even McGill today. Finally, when everything's going well, we get him into the sixth, and boom, home run. Well, the sixth innings, the killer. That's, that's they the die. one. But that, I mean, that's the one. And honestly, we haven't gotten pitchers into the sixth inning. Every time we have, we've won. We're nine and zero when we get our pitchers into the sixth inning. The Mets have uh, the second highest amount of starting pitchers, starting pitchers in games this season that have. Made it that it pitched into the sixth into the, yeah. through the sixth inning. Yeah, it's terrible. The only, you know what the two other ones are? It's it's, it's Oakland, okay. It's, yeah, and it and this team is not. And I think it's Boston, but this team is not. They're not as broke as we think they are. 
You know, it, they're, they're really not. They, they got some holes in the lineup, and the bullpen's got to get better. The starting pitching, listen, it's going to – Scherzer and Verlander is what you need. If they, can, if they can't pitch, you're dead, yeah. right? So you need them to pitch, and you need them to pitch somewhat well. If they don't pitch well, you're dead anyway. You don't stand a chance. So let's assume they go and they pitch well. The bullpen needs to get its act together. Now, it's pitched well. Okay, we know Robertson can pitch well. Uh, Adovino is – I don't trust Adovino as far as I can throw him. But the bullpen's in a bad spot right now. The, the holes in the lineup are filled by these kids. Play them every day. They're 20 yeah. years old. They don't care. Play them every day. Run the, them out there every day. That being said, these are two huge wins for them. Huge wins. Huge wins. And that can, let me tell you, I don't say that that usually this early in the season about stuff like that. But when you're doing what you're doing and when it came on a day where the kid was called up and he stepped up and he and he stepped up and got the, oh, let me tell you, that was big. That's that turn. That could turn out to be a very, very big, big moment in our season. And let me tell it's you, the biggest moment. Let me tell you, there's some problems coming though. Let me tell you, you know what the problem is? Gary Sanchez is down in the minors. All right, Bob. I know this sounds like nothing, right? If they yeah. do not have him on the roster by this weekend, Gary Sanchez can walk. I saw that. I saw okay, that. Yeah, but they, I think they will. I think they will because they're going to have what's his face. Is it's got to go, right? They're talking about, what do you think? Do you think they're going to knock Alvarez down? They're talking there's chances no, of Alvarez no. going down for Sanchez to come up. But what about Nito? Nito out, right? Well, he's Nito's, Well, that's long-term, right? But I'm talking by this weekend. This okay, no, be, but no, Alvarez and, and San, bring Sanchez up. Uh, I don't listen. Sanchez isn't going to be a, a game-changer. He's going to be no, extra No, it's not that. There. It's that if they don't, he's, he, he can just leave. He can just yeah, be out. Where's he going to go? Where's he going to go? No, he has the, What do you mean? There's other teams. The kid just raked no, it in the minors. You can go. No, that's there's a catcher. He's a catcher who just raked in the minors. Let me tell you, it's a possibility. Well, I mean, Gary Sanchez. I'm just saying. Exactly, do you think you know, the Mets are the Johnny Mets? Bench? Are the Mets going to go? They're not going to mess around with what's going on with these young guys in Alvarez, right? Or they're going to just leave oh, it as it I, is. Everything's fine. Think. They're not going to do some stupid stuff. You heard that they might be sending them down. There is rumors of Gary Sanchez being called up and Alvarez going down, so we do not lose out Gary Sanchez. Oh no, no, no! Yeah, listen, I I didn't hear that, but if that's true, you can't do you can't send these kids real rumors. Sending these kids down stunts this. No, stunts I know, no, no, I'm serious too, and that's no. And good. after the home run last night, yeah. I mean, come on, they're two huge wins. Now, another problem was that that they're stealing bases at will on the Mets. These guys in the, the in whole the, tenth the whole inning. league is though the whole league is with the yeah, Mets are getting they, crushed. What are they doing? They're not paying attention. They have to Will hold they them throw on. over there They twice? actually made then a move. Free- he made a move today um, with uh, bringing in a reliever that because he someone got on base he took the reliever out not because of the pitching because he couldn't hold the runner on. I mean that guy was sliding into third before well, before the ball even left the pitcher's mm-hmm. hand last night in the tenth inning and that's huge. Because yeah. you're starting with him on second. Now he's on third, no outs. He's going to score. But why aren't the Mets doing that? The Mets were doing that a lot last year. They're not keeping up. You know, yeah, Because we, the other pitchers are paying it. Because if a pitcher pays attention, it's not very easy. I know. Okay, the Mets paid. These guys, not a single one of those stolen bases last night was Alvarez's fault. He didn't stand a chance on any of them. They were halfway down the line, either the second or the third, by the time the, the, pit, the ball left the pitcher's hands. I think they're worried about the pitch clock. And I think they kind of forget about the runner. Hey, listen, you can't have seven stolen bases in a single game against you, and you can't, you cannot give up three runs after you get a huge home run to tie in the, in the eighth inning. I know. You can't come out there and you got you to gotta come out and put up a zero. You got to. Especially then, if Senga gives you a performance like that with 12 yeah, Ks. Yeah, he pitched well. 12 pitched well. 
if that if, he, if that's where we get out of Senga ever, that is that is an elite performance. Yeah, but it's still gonna come down. It's still gonna come down to, to it is Scherzer and Verlander, and they of listen. They, they gambled on two aging all time greats. Oh. They gambled on him, and the, so far the gamble has not really worked because Scherzer, you know, he crapped the bed last year when it really counted. Verlander, we've seen him what now twice. And or three times, and Scherzer every time it's something else. And Scherzer, that's stuff that that's somebody getting old. I think I think we should. Is not I, I, I don't. I know it, it, it. We can argue this all day, but I think we should really re- reserve judgment. This is like almost like opening day for them. The last two weeks, they really haven't even been around. It's sick. Do you think like, it can help around. them in the long I think run? It, I think it's more of the all. It may. It may because let me tell they'll be you, rested. They're not going to have a million innings on their arm. These guys are not just going to turn into bad pitchers overnight. I'm not saying they're going to be what they were. Um, there's not That is not the same. Verlander will. Verlander will. I'm telling you, Verlander will and steps up. Scherzer's a little bit more of a question mark for me. But let's judge this more at the All-Star break. If when the All-Star break comes and these guys, I'm talking nothing's happened since, we're in trouble. We're in big, big trouble. But I have yeah, a the feeling... The All-Star break's coming. We're more. We're quarter. We're at the quarter pole. Yeah, yeah, I, I understand. And with three games on, and well, now they're two. Uh, they're two games or well, one game on the five hundred. They're on well, the five hundred. Well, we, we've, we've got about what another. If they stay healthy before the eight, eight starts for these guys coming up that are going to be the the really what they get. You, you know, the, that's what we're going to be able to judge them by before around. How many? Say, okay, so let's say it's eight starts to the All Star break. Yeah. How many do they make? How many do they make? Are they going to make all the... No, I, this I, is it. I think, this is, I think from over. this moment on, they make all their starts going... I'm not saying for the rest of the season. Through the All-Star break, they make all their starts starting today. And that's where why I meant by, like, this is the beginning of their season. They have had their own bumps for their own reasons and suspensions and injuries and whatever it is. Supposedly, we have two healthy guys on the mound, not suspended, starting today. We've got an offense that's starting to kick up a little bit. So even if you can go out and just... Keep the game in check. Let's keep, you know, I, I think this is it. This is the beginning of a big run right now. Now, last night reminded me, to me, it was the biggest, it was kind of like, I shouldn't say the biggest since this one, but it was kind of like a couple years ago, I was actually at the game, when Todd Frazier hit the home run, yeah. and then they won it. with the. It was kind of like that. Frazier hit the three-run home against the Nationals, but that was later in the season in a pennant race. And people, a lot of people left. There was nobody in the ballpark for that. I saw a view from uh, out in like left center, I guess left center field. One of the the, the fans, you know, put it on Twitter, and there was there was nobody there. They all left. They all they all left. And I, I listen, sucks for you. And I, that should teach you a lesson not to leave. Because what they have to do, stick around another twenty minutes. I know people, baseball games yeah. are not five hours anymore. Yeah, they're over in two and a half hours. Last night's game was over at like ten o'clock, and it went ten innings. And there was a bunch of home runs. It was not long. You're leaving these these games early. You know what? It's like the the, the lights with Gibson when Kirk Gibson's home run was going. You can't leave the game early. I'm sorry. I have no sympathy for that. Got work in the morning. Yeah, but so what? It's 10 o'clock. What are you going to do? Get home? Okay, so traffic. so you you, traffic. <laughs> you know what it's I've like. I've gone to a million games with you. Know, you. You, you know what it's like, like when that parking lot gets locked up. When you're in that parking lot <laughs> deep, like you were like, oh, I got here early enough, and I got to park real close to the stadium. You're like, that was smart. And all of a sudden, you walk out and you go, oh no, I'm not even getting. That. You can't even back out. Like the guy won't even let you back out. You have 40 <laughs> minutes just to well, get that's out like of your we spot. We saw Van Gundy. Uh, when we saw Van Gundy. Yeah, well, Van Gundy tried to nose in on me using his cell phone. The cop <laughs> shut him down real quick. We almost that's got right, in an accident, cop. but the cop shut him down. The cop Van shut Gundy. him down because. 
Yeah, I don't, do you think the cop knew who he was that day? Do he I might have. Yeah, no, he did. He turned. He goes. He oh, goes. He goes, he goes. Effing Jeff Van Gundy on his cell phone. It was one of the most classic New York moments ever because you didn't care that it was Jeff Van Gundy. And this was prime Jeff Van no, Gundy. They don't care. No, it they was great. Care. He was just like, and it was like Nick. Nick's head coach Van Gundy. At the no, top, right? it was prime Van Gundy. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> he was hanging on to Alonzo Mourning's leg the day before. <laughs> so now, okay, so the Mets two big wins. Okay, now they play in Cleveland. You got uh, Cleveland with Francona coming in. Is Francona the silly manager? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, he, he is. Right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Of, the, of the Cleveland, what the Cleveland. The Cleveland Guardians. Guardians. I almost said. I almost forgot. I almost. I almost blanked on it. So now, but that. the Yan- Okay. So now, the other end of the spectrum is the Yankees, as expected. Not surprised. Cheating. Jeez. Caught cheating twice this year. Cheat twice this week. Caught cheating. Listen. Now that's like. I don't think. I, I'm just kidding. I don't think Judge was cheating. That's I think like that your wife catching you cheating at dinner. <laughs> when you glance over, when you give the glance at dinner, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you just—you didn't move your head. You just turn your eyes, and she's you know, and she's on it. You cheated. She knows cheated. the girl next. To, she she knows the girl at the next table is better looking than her. You officially younger cheated. than she is. You know you're not. Gonna, than, you know you're not going to hit a grand slam either way. <laughs> but then he hit the home run. I know he did. So well, he hit the zone. Now listen, and and I don't know because the next day there was kind of. You know, they 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 did a. I saw Judge came out. Judge came up. The Yankees got up, and they were they were arguing. The Blue Jays were arguing about where the Yankees first and third base coach was. Now that's a little petty no, to me no. because first of all, they, I've been to a million baseball games. I've never seen the first and third base coach in in the box. Right? Have you ever seen them like in the box? Remember when Gary? No, Sheffield they're all over the place. They, there's points where they freaked. They didn't like it, and they moved these guys. Because certain guys got crazy into spots, and they well because you up. have some guys like like Gary Sheffield right. used to pull the ball and kill him. Right. Oh no, that's different. Yeah, no. But some people are just in the wrong spot or too close to the field or whatever it is. But they're usually down the line. Now here's what here's what was going on, and the Blue Jays kind of re- recognized it. He was tipping his pitches. Okay. Well, that's the thing he was, is he was tipping his pitches, and that's and and good for Judge if you can catch somebody tipping your pitches. Part of this game is cheating. People don't understand part yes, yes. of what's ingrained in baseball. Stealing part signs. of those is stealing signs. That's why signs are hidden. If they, yeah, that's why you have the, the right. Indicator. And part of it is if you're dumb enough to have a bad sign or a bad indicator, or we can figure it out, or you can tip your arm angle or tip your whatever you do, whatever that tip off is. It could be your coach. He moves his arm this way every time. It's like a poker tell. You never know where that tip's coming from, and well, judges well, taking advantage. Weird, what's the weirdest indicator you ever had on a team you played on? Well, what, what was what, Mr. Wade? What, what Harold Leslie? No, it's got to be a Leslie indicator. No, Leslie before was Wade. good. Leslie, Leslie was Leslie used to just put. He used to just cross his arms in the dugout. That'd be the that'd be the throw of the play at second. Right. We do a but pickle it was, play. It was second. always it was always a classic game to be like touch the actual like logo on the hat as opposed to the tip <laughs> of the brim. Like they brim a lot because it. because the coach said we grab the brim a lot because they always you have fidgety coaches who couldn't <laughs> who couldn't keep it together without hitting the indicator for no reason. And people would yeah, just be yeah. stealing. Well, you can't have that. You can't have something you do normally. But I'll give you the Mr. The Wade. It's not even an indicator. It was the steal sign. So this is what he would do. If you walked and, like, they weren't paying attention and he wanted you to just go to second, like, there's nobody at second, he would say, <laughs> no means go. <laughs> so you get to first and you go, no, no, no. And you just have to keep running to second. 
And so like the pitcher would have either like not on a walk. On a walk, you'd be walking, you go in the first, and he'd be at first base, and he'd be like, "No," and he's yelling, "No!" And I remember this one time in particular, and he, we never used it ever. It, like you know, it, you know, it's like you're never going to use it, and all of a sudden it's Frank Greco, and he's walks, and he's coming up, and Mister Wade screaming at him, "No!" Screaming at him, "No!" And Frank just like he's like, "What?" The? And he just stood there. Cause he had no idea what was going on. He never went anywhere. The, whole, See, no, the, the one time we wanted to use it didn't work. Bad indicator. There's the problem right there. I mean, I'm not going to get into it because it's it's Sable. Nobody cares about Sable Middle School Baseball. But there's the problem with the Sable Middle School Baseball. Frank Greco, good athlete, good guy. Bad. I like Frank Greco. Yep. Not a baseball player. Nope. Right? Nope. Football player. Another one? Another one? Mike Lynham. Maybe the best soccer player in Suffolk County. Not a baseball player. Was yep. on the team. I got cut. Cut me. Cut yep. me. Because I didn't get no no means go, he said, and I didn't show up to practice, and you know, but um, so the, that I don't think the Yankees were cheating there. No, now but the next night they were cheating. The pitcher was cheating. Herman got caught. He got tossed. He got sent into the in the the third inning. He got sent in. Told there was too much stuff on his hands. Came back out in the fourth inning. They checked him again. Why don't they realize they're going to check you the next inning again? Like Scherzer did it. They check them the next day. They're going to check you the next inning if you get. Maybe, they, they, go maybe they say that more often than we realize, and they don't follow up. I mean, like, I we only see it. No, we only see it on the ejection side. You don't see every other time. Yeah, but nobody gets ejected. There's two two ejections. No, there's like five total. Yeah, but maybe there's warnings way more often than you think. And they go in, they barely fix it, and they come out and they don't give him a hard time because the guy's not going to eject them. Yeah, now he well, the, no, Herman, Herman got ejected. I know, no, I know that, but I'm just saying that I think this is happening. The warnings more often than you think. I think the ejections are very rare. Now he's saying that he's saying that he said it was rosin. I don't think it was rosin because you haven't really heard much about it since, right? The Yankees aren't like going you know, dying on the hill if it was rosin. No, no. the Yum said it's the stickiest he's ever seen. Yeah, I'm, that, that's what they all say. You know, the cop is going to go take the stand and say he's, he's the drunkest guy I've ever seen. You know. So he he was. I don't think you just say that for no reason. <laughs> Either way, he was cheating, right? And then so then last night the Yankees lost. They gave, but they couldn't score any runs. Did you see Judge now? Now it, that's another question. Is there going to be an issue between the Yankees and the Jays? They were arguing. The Jays were, were arguing the Yankees' uh, positions of the the first and third base coach. Yankees had a problem with that. There was some chirping back and forth. Okay, last night Judge in the tenth inning gets a base hit. Does one of these. Oh, nice! Like, like I didn't, yeah. I didn't, I wasn't looking. Yeah. So, are you gonna throw? They did. They judge? should. They should. I don't know if you should though, because it was your fault. Now, no, from I'm what saying, I understand, I heard a no, couple of catchers. They, no, I'm not saying they should either. To be honest with you, but I heard a couple catchers say that it wasn't really the pitcher tipping his pitches as much as it was the catcher being lazy, setting up early. Judge getting a sign, something from the first base coach yes. that where he's setting up, and they said he was lazy. Now, he also Maybe. threw him, like, I think he threw 11 out of 12 sliders. He might have just so, been trying to get his peripheral vision. He was looking that way, but he's just trying to see maybe if the catcher inched over. Like, here's the problem not, I have with it. Why did Judge lie when he first said it? He said he, he was he's like, I was looking at my teammates still chirping from the dugout. Why lie? Because you don't want to tell anybody if you know what the thing is. You figured something out. You don't ever tip it off. There's guys who know that forever, and nobody's ever known, and they just hit guys well. It's not just for no reason. They were like, I figured something out on a guy. They never told a soul. They don't even tell your own players half the time because you might be on their team next year. Then the guy stops doing it. 
Yeah, that's when that's when they stopped doing it. That's exactly right. That's yeah. when they stopped doing it. I mean, I don't think it happens well, no, so like, often. Now, now, we now they can throwing. pick up on that stuff a lot more often. But in the past, there's guys who were probably some of the best pitchers ever that just had tells. And yeah. people, it went around the league, and they couldn't throw their curveball without it fucking getting crushed. All right, so when did we start throwing f bombs in here, Brett? I have a daughter now, young daughter. Let's let's, let's tease it with the f bombs. Oh uh, well, listen, we only, one of intro, us, we got- only one of us is married with children around here, Bob. <laughs> all right. Um, all right, so now, um, now we're gonna we're gonna play for you the interview we did. Uh, I, guess, I was just say it seems like a year ago. It was it was yesterday, two days ago? We did it. We spoke with Jack Curry, Yes Network. Great spot. We talk a little bit about the Yankees this year. We talk about the 98 team. Brett, is the 98 team the best team ever? No. 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 Right? No. 86 no. Mets versus 98 Yankees. They're Who not wins? the best Yankees team ever. No, no, they're not. They're not the best Yankees team ever. And then how many are in the Hall of Fame? Was it four of them? But you got two guys in the Hall of Fame, only one no vote. Well, that's a good Well, yeah. You have Jeter and Rivera. Yeah. Uh, Bernie's not in, right? You have, uh, he's who's in the, in the, no, he's in the, in the Rock fame, and Roll it? Music Hall of Fame, Bernie. Yeah, he's yeah, got no, a better Bernie chance of getting in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame these days. <laughs> so anyway, so here's our interview. Jack Curry, Yes Network, about his book, The 98 Yankees, The Greatest Team Ever. Enjoy the interview. All right, you know him as the studio analyst for the Yankees pre- and post-game coverage on the Yes Network. He's also a New York Times bestselling author. His latest book is The 1998 Yankees, The Inside Story of the greatest baseball team ever. His name is Jack Curry. Jack, thanks for joining the show. Oh, I'm happy to be here, and thanks for having me, and thanks for the interest in talking to me about my book. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Now, like uh, I just told you before, we're two, we're two Mets fans. This The 98 team is what I feel gave the Yankees fans all the cockiness where they, you know, in April, they'd be uh, asking their boss off for November 3rd for the parade, <laughs> and, and then it would come true every year. So, you know, but I did read the book. It's an excellent book. Um, now, that team, it's an interesting team. You call it the greatest team ever. They started out, though, losing four of five. And then Joe Torre had kind of a meeting with the team. Tell us about the meeting and tell us about how the team took off after the meeting. Yeah, Torre wasn't happy with the way the team was playing. He thought they were stale. He thought maybe there was a little bit of a lack of effort there, a malaise to start the season. So before game six, of the season, which is pretty early. He calls a meeting in Seattle and he expressed himself guys. But I think what he also did that was important is he opened up the floor to the players and David Cohn was very outspoken. He talked about sort of finding a reason to hate your opponents. And he brought some reasons up. Paul O'Neill had been dusted by the Mariners and Edgar Martinez had swung at a three Oh pitch with a big lead. And guys, I kind of tongue in cheek call that maybe the greatest meeting in baseball history because Knobloch leads off the game with a home run. They beat Seattle. They go on to win 64 of their next 80 games. So whatever had afflicted them in the first week of the season, it was gone pretty quickly. And they had a swagger back, and they had a dominance that they carried throughout the year. Do you think they go on that run without the meeting? It's a great question. I'm going to say that talent always wins out. I think that they are still the same team without the meeting. Maybe it would have taken them a little longer to, to hone in and get focused. But I, I buy into what, what Coney said, uh, that sometimes you got to get angry. And sometimes you have to figure out a reason why you're hating the guy across the way. And they did that. 
And then they beat up teams for the rest of the year. And I called them gentlemanly bullies because there was a respect that people had for this team as they were punching, punching the opposition in the face, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, there was nothing gentlemanly with Armando Benitez. But listen, I'm not going to get on anybody for beating up Armando Benitez. It, now, before the season even got started, isn't there a story I heard about Jeter saying that someone was like a butt bus crash in Tijuana? Did you? Is it true? Is something like that? Yeah, I cover that in Chapter 5. They were flying before the season started to San Diego to play an exhibition game against San Diego State. And for whatever reason... The aircraft that they used was an international aircraft that couldn't make consecutive stops in the United States. So it flew from Europe to Tampa uh, to pick them up, and then it couldn't land in San Diego, so they had to go to Tijuana and bus to San Diego. And that should have been the easiest thing in the world, but the bus driver went up on a median. The bus almost tipped, and this was not a, a five-second thing. I mean, I interviewed half a dozen players about that incident, and they thought that the bus was going to tip. They were on their edge, and finally the guy restored the bus, got it to come to a stop. The players all got off the bus and either boarded another bus or just walked across customs. They didn't want to get back on with that bus driver. Who, set, uh, who sets up that flight? You know, uh, the greatest team ever is uh, being assembled, and now we got them in Tijuana trying to cross the border. Wells? It, 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 in retrospect, not not the smartest uh, itinerary. <laughs> yeah, no. Now, um, you, my partner here, he called uh, Wells the, uh, who'd you call him? The, What's that? Oh, the John Daly? The John Daly of, of, of baseball. Now, he, he was a fiery guy. He pitched the perfect game, of course. He and Tori didn't get along. They, they're kind of opposites. Tell us about how Cohen kind of stepped in and, and mediated things between them. Yeah, Wells had a start, a couple of starts before his perfect game, where he had a 9 nothing lead in Texas. It was a hot night, 94 degrees. And suddenly, before you know it, it's 9-7. to Tory pulls him out of the game. He doesn't like his body language. And Wells is kicked off. Wells uh, says, I'm going to rip him to the media. Cone says, don't do that. Have a meeting. Try and hash this out. Even though they had the meeting and they sort of hashed it out, Cone could sense the division between Tory and Wells. And that's why I think Cone is the unsung hero of that team. He says to Tory, let me handle him. I got him. I'll, I'll take care of him. And Wells ends up pitching a perfect game. But beyond the perfect game, Cone and Wells ended up being two of the best pitchers in the American League for the rest of the season. And guys, a little-known fact, they used to stay away from the team on the road. They would book their own hotel. Cone thought it was helpful to Wells to just be away from the team. Didn't have to be around autograph seekers. Didn't have to have a curfew. Probably appealed to the rebel in, Cone, uh, in Wells that he was apart from the team. And it worked well. Uh, they finished three and four in the AL Cy Young Award voting. So Wells was a great pitcher, a great teammate, a great chaperone. Now that's something that could kind of go the other way too. You know, some players might look at that as, oh, why is he getting special treatment? And that could rip apart a clubhouse. What do you think about that? Well, a lot of what happened is I said Cone was a great teammate, chaperone. Uh, I meant to say, uh, I, said, I said Wells, I meant to say Cone. Cone and Wells would invite their teammates to hang out with them. So that's how they bridged that gap. They would have little get-togethers in their suite, and every player was invited. So some showed up, some weren't interested. And honestly, guys, some didn't know. Homer Bush, who was a, obviously a backup infielder on the team, 
I interviewed him for this book, and he said he didn't even know. He didn't realize that Cohen and Wells weren't staying with this team. That's funny. That's funny. Now, um, El Duque was a, was a key key part of that team. Explain to us when he came why you say he was the mo- the most important piece to that team. And also, Cashman said that uh, when the first time he saw him, he had never seen him pitch in the major leagues. He had never pitched a major league game, yet he knew he was going to be special. Did you see that as well? Yeah, he was fascinating, guys. I, I feel he was the most fascinating guy on that team. And the story you're referencing with uh, Cashman is the first time he saw Duque pitch in spring training, and they're just getting their first look at him, he sensed an aura about Duque, and he compared him to Michael Jordan. So you, you can't go much higher up the athletic uh, totem pole there than to throw Michael Jordan out there. I just saw a guy who was so comfortable in his own skin, who so wanted to succeed, and was both a pitcher and an entertainer. And Al Duque was a, a gift from the heavens for the Yankees. Just a team that was already really good. They were 40-13 and 13 before he makes his debut, and suddenly they have another ace thrust into the mix. So I love to watch El Duque pitch. I don't know. You can throw Louis Tiant and Juan Marichal in the mix, but I've never really covered a guy who had that kind of motion with that front leg coming up and almost hitting his cheek, and he never gave in. He was going to make you hit his pitch. Now, if you look at his career numbers, he ended up walking a lot of guys because he never gave in. But what a what a fascinating pitcher, and he pitches the most important game for the Yankees that season, ALCS Game 4, and is the reason they beat Cleveland. Yeah, I was going to say that, because the year before, was they, they lost to Cleveland. It was, the, it was the, the, the midges, right? No, that was later. That was Jabba Chamberlain. That was, that was later. They, okay, they lost. Uh, that was uh, Mariano Rivera giving up a game homer to Alomar Jr. in Game 4. So, yeah, they... They felt they left something behind that year. You're right. Oh, you see, now all my Yankee friends are going to kill me for that one. But um, so now, game. You talked to the play, about the playoffs and the El Duque start. That was really the first kind of adversity this team has faced. Because when you blow through the regular season like that, you know, four out of five, losing four out of five in the first week is really not a big deal. You know, in any baseball season. But now they're down two one. El Duque's pitching. Tell us the story about the uh, at the restaurant earlier that day. Yeah, you mentioned it, and it's true. Uh, this is the first real bout of stress and pressure that this team had. You go back to game two, Chuck Knobloch had a defensive miscue where a ball is loose and he doesn't chase it, and the Yankees end up losing 4-1 to one to Cleveland. They lose game three. So now they're asking themselves, is this 114-game regular season going to go up in smoke? And the, the night of the the, the morning of game four, they're in Cleveland, and Joe Torre sees El Duque in the hotel restaurant busting tables. It was a busy restaurant. They needed some help. So here's El Duque chipping in. So Joe pulls him aside and says, do you realize how important tonight's game is? And El Duque says, yes, but you said the most important word, tonight. Right now I'm hanging out with my friends, and I will be ready for tonight. And Jorge Posada told me when El Duque showed up two hours before the game, Posada was feeling a little a little antsy himself, and he said the way that El Duque walked into the clubhouse, he said, we're fine, that we're going to win this game. Well, I would imagine it was tough for that team to even enjoy the postseason ride. You know, when you got that kind of pressure on you, just, just ask the Bruins for this year in the NHL. They, 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 did this, they did it, and they blew it. But, like, 
If you don't win it, 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 it nobody's going to remember you the way yeah. that you're supposed to Was it to more remembered. of a relief after they, you know, they tied it up? After they tied up that series, they went on and they, they blew away San Diego. But do you think it was more of a relief, a relief for this team than a, than a, you know, a happiness when they finally did win it? When I've been asked my most memorable moment covering the 98 team, I say it's the clubhouse celebration in San Diego. And you're exactly right. I felt that it was a mixture of, joy and relief someone who had something hanging over them that they knew if it didn't go the right way everything you had done to that point was not going to matter and we saw evidence of it guys a few years later seattle mariners in 2001 win 116 games nobody talks about them they are never brought up they should not be brought up as one of the greatest teams ever they were one of the best regular season teams ever, but they, they didn't finish the deal. No, I think the Yankees caught a break in the NLCS with San Diego beating Atlanta. Do you think Atlanta could have challenged the Yankees better if they would have got past the uh, NLCS and, and San Diego? You know, I don't know for this reason. San Diego was, was a good team, man. I mean, Kevin Brown and uh, Sterling Hitchcock had the postseason of his life. You look at that San Diego lineup, they threw some good players out there from Gwynn to Caminiti to Joyner. And if you look at the series, guys, I mean, they were in position to win three of the four games, San Diego. They just didn't. Uh, game one obviously doesn't go their way. Tino has the grand slam with the pitch before. You can argue it, it was a strike. We, talk, we talked about that in the book. But I don't know if Atlanta would, would have fared any better than San Diego because I, I think San Diego was a really good team that year. I mean, yeah, they, you could say they had a chance, but I mean, they, they got swept and they, the Yankees won, what was it, 9 3, right? Not in one of the games. They won the games by multiple runs. Well, it was, uh, the first game was 9 7. Okay. Uh, yeah, the other games were close. I mean, go back and look at it. They were, they were close in the fifth, sixth, seventh inning. The Yankees were better. They, they definitely were the better team, but you can go through every one of those games and, and see a spot where the, Padres could have said, hey, this game could have and should have gone our way. Yeah, the second game was 9-3. You're right. That was a blowout. They won the first game 9-6. I mean, the game three, 5-4. Trevor Hoffman gives up the homer to Brocious. And then they, they didn't score in game four. Pettit shuts them down. They, the Yankees won 3 nothing. How important to this team was uh, Ferocious Brocious? Just uh, a player that sort of came out of nowhere. I mean, he hit 200 the year before in Oakland, did play good defense. The Yankees were hoping he could play good defense and hit a little bit. And then he ends up hitting 300, 19 homers, 98 RBIs, playing a gold glove type defense. Uh, just another player who I think Cashman described him as a, a gift from the heavens. Uh, just fit in so well, was very well liked. Also had that tenacious, approach at the plate, which every Yankee had. They made pitchers work. That that team was unbelievable about making pitchers work. If you didn't throw strikes, they were going to they were going to they're going to take the walk and let the next guy do do the job. Are those extra guys, like those guys who stepped up, is that a product of being on such a good team like the Yankees, like, you know, Brocious or uh, Shane Spencer, or would they have had seasons like that somewhere else? Or is just that you get fit into that lineup and you see what's going on at the clubhouse, um and, you know, it's just, it all comes together. I think some of it is, is definitely osmosis. I think we're all impacted by the people who are around us. And Tino Martinez, who himself was a hard worker, he told me that season was the only team he's ever been on 
where he didn't see anybody lounging on the couch a few hours before the game, reading a magazine. I mean, obviously this day it would be, they'd be on their phone, but he said everybody was working. Uh, O'Neal was taking extra swings. Uh, So-and-so was in the weight room. Cone was talking to El Duque about the grip on a pitch. So I do think you're impacted by your environment. And I, I do think they were impacted by the players around them. I know going back even before the 98 team, when the Yankees got Wade Boggs, his approach at the plate and how he made pitchers work and was not going to swing at balls, that filtered down and was adopted by other players, just the ability of not giving away an at-bat. Now, we haven't talked about Jeter yet. You 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 kind of say like uh, Cone was the the calming influence and then everything like that. What what role did Jeter have? I know he was the captain and everything, but what role did Jeter have in this? You do a whole chapter on him. Yeah, he becomes the captain in 2003, but Jeff Nelson told me that there was some captain tendencies from Jeter in 98. But Jeter was not the rah-rah, green kind of guy, getting in people's faces. Jeter's leadership came from the way that he prepared and the way that he played, and also his confidence, guys. I have covered baseball for more than 30 years. I don't think I've ever met a more confident player than Jeter. He could be 0 for 20. And Pedro Martinez could be throwing a no-hitter. Jeter would go to the plate believing that he was going to get a hit. And if, and if Pedro struck him out on three pitches, he'd believe he was going to get a hit the next at-bat. And, and I think that confidence, when your teammates see that, again, I, I think that makes them believe even more. Well, I mean, I don't blame him. Jeter's a fairy tale. I mean, look, the 3,000th hit, the the last at-bat he's had, everything everything he's ever done has been just storybook. I, I don't blame him for having confidence like that. No, not at all. It's just, and it's and the, other thing, the other thing, guys, and Cohn has talked about this with Jeter, mental strength. This is a hard game, and you're going to fail a lot. Cohn talked about Jeter being the best teammate he's ever had. So when the game was over, Jeter was on to the next. And not everybody can do that. Paul O'Neill told me he would lie in bed staring at the ceiling after an 0 for 5. Jeter, after an 0 for 5, Jeter would walk out of the clubhouse eating an ice cream cone getting ready for the next day. Yeah, well, I mean, listen, Jeter, Jeter did one of the hardest things. He did it all without a misstep, all in New York City. And it's not like he didn't go out. He wasn't like a shelter, homebody. He was out. He just was doing everything right, no missteps. You know how hard that is? You know how many people have failed doing what Jeter did with the talent? I mean, look at just Matt Harvey. And I'm not saying he has, but he just recently retired. He he kind of succumbed to, to the New York nightlife and everything. No, I think, and I think it's, Again, I talk about environment and nature versus nurture. I've, I've had the opportunity from early in Jeter's career to, to meet his parents. And I, ended, I wrote a book with Jeter, so I, I got to know his parents pretty well. And I think that Jeter was prepared for that career from the time he was a teenager. And if you talk to people who know him well, they say that Jeter, who Yankee fans saw debut at 21 and become the starter at 22 full-time in that 96 season, that was the Jeter they knew when he was 15 years old, that he was that mature, that focused, that aware of making smart decisions and, and correct decisions. And I think that's the way Jeter lived his life. How do you think he would have uh, handled like the social media the way it is today? Would he have been like some of these other athletes we've seen, some of the guys on the extreme and like John Morant? Um, or would he have been one of the guys who uses it in a positive way? I mean, it, or he would have been taking a step back. How do you think Jeter would have handled today? I think that Jeter, however he decided to handle it, we'd still be talking about him in the way that we are. So if he 
felt that he wanted to have an Instagram account where he posted, I don't uh, stuff about his charity. I don't think you would have seen Jeter on social media posting pictures of being out or hanging out. He's, he's a pretty private guy, and that, that's something that he has maintained uh, throughout his career. Now, um, with this team this year, this was a big this was a big weekend they had to just now. It was a, it was a kind of a wild weekend. I was there Thursday night, and I was sitting behind the Rays dugout, and they look like they're having a blast. They're just kind of going at it. They were they were ringing doubles off the wall every night. Then the Yankees had two huge wins back to back. Talk to a little talk to us a little bit about how big this series was this weekend. Yeah, I would actually extend it back to even the series last weekend. So the Yankees played the Rays seven times in 10 days. Rays won four, Yankees won three. Six of the games were one-run games. So statistically right now, the Rays are the better team. They're eight games ahead of the Yankees. Their offense has been tremendous. Uh, the top offense in the major leagues for almost all the season. But I think what happened in those seven games, guys, is the Yankees looked at the Rays and said, okay, we can play with this team. We Our offense hasn't been where it needs to be, and they're, they're waiting for players to come back. But as good as the Rays have been, I think the Yankees proved something to themselves. You mentioned the comeback wins. I always think those are of vital importance because you, you've done it once, you feel it, you can do it again. And the one thing to keep an eye on as an Achilles heel for the Rays is the Yankees hit their bullpen very well. I think the Rays have an 8 ERA against the Yankees so far this season. So in terms of trying to hunt down the Rays at some point, the fact that when Kevin Cash goes to that bullpen, it's not an automatic, that's something that really works in the Yankees' favor. And they don't really have to hunt them down. I mean, now, these days, with, with the, the amount of teams that make the playoffs, and with the success that wildcard teams have had, you just got to get in there. You just got to give yourself a chance, get in the tournament, see if you can win. Right, and there's a, I have a a lot of Yankee friends in my life who have wanted to panic and want to be concerned. And I'm not going to say the Yankees have played their best baseball. They've had some underachievers. They've had some ineffective uh, pitching performances. Cole's really been their only consistent and reliable starter. But if the playoffs started today, the Yankees would be in the playoffs. They, they would get the final wild card. So you're absolutely right. There's 120 games left. There's a lot of baseball left. They're in a beast of a division, so, so it is going to be hard in that division to, to climb over teams. But they play all those teams, and I think as they get Severino back and Stanton at some point, they're going to become closer to being whole, and there's a lot of baseball left and a lot of time for them to, to make an impact in the East. Severino never pitches, though. I mean, uh, you know, come on. Is he, is, he, is he coming back and then it's another month? with it? You know, I mean, Severino's great when he pitches, but he never pitches. Yes, uh, what's the uh, phrase? Your, your best ability is availability. So he has a, a rehab start on Tuesday. My gut instinct tells me that if that goes well, we will see him in the major leagues after that. Severino has really been pushing to get back. The Yankees have slow-played it a little bit. I think if he goes out in his next minor league start and throws 65 or so pitches, that means his next start after that, you're probably looking at 80. Why don't you just let him do that at the major league level? I think he can get five or six innings. I think that's a bigger story actually than has actually been, you know, put out there. Is there's a rift between him and the Yankees? He wants to be up here. He's kind of like, why am I making these starts? Why am I pitching down here? I don't. Do you think he signs with the team again next year? You think he's with the Yankees next year? Well, that's a two way street. I mean, they, he has to have interest in the Yankees, and the Yankees have to have interest in him. So I thought picking up his 
his $15 million option this year. I thought that was a no-brainer because he he showed he can still be a very effective pitcher at the major league level. Let's see what kind of season he has. I mean, he will be making his debut in mid to late May. Let's see how many innings he logs, how effective he is, and, and where things go from there. I know he has said he would like to stay with the Yankees. I, I think you've got to see what he puts out there before you can answer whether or not he does come back. Now, do you see any uh, major changes or any additions that maybe added Joel to this lineup towards the deadline? Too early to tell. You got to get Stan back. You got to get Donaldson back. Um, Stan's enough. I, I, I think it's, I think it's too early to make a prediction on what kind of moves they will make. Cashman's always looking. He's always interested. Who's going to be available? What is the price tag going to be? We saw last year they went for pitching. That didn't work out because all the guys they acquired ended up being injured. But I, I think as we get closer to the deadline, that will that will be that picture will become a little more a little clearer. Now, hey, listen, the fan, fans are finicky as always. They, they you know they lose a couple games, they get off to a rough couple weeks. They're calling for Cashman's head. Meanwhile, you know, he didn't do anything. Meanwhile, all they wanted him to do was sign Judge. But we're talking about your book here about the '98 team and Cashman. Do you think? I mean, has it run its course? Uh, Cashman will get a job what? in a heartbeat. Do you think he may maybe? Do you think the Yankees maybe? With Cashman, because everybody always calls for for his job. Now I'm not asking you to call for his job, but do you think possibly you know it's just kind of run it kind of runs its course with the, with Cashman as the GM? Well, I think if you look at Cashman's track record, and I believe in his 25 years as general manager, they've made the postseason 22 times. I'm not sure there's an executive in professional sports history who can match that track record. So yeah, yeah, social yeah. media and fans are finicky, like you said. I think internally, Steinbrenner is very satisfied with the job that Cashman has done based on what I just laid out for you. Are the Steinbrenner kids not as hungry as, as their father was about world championships? Are they happy with making the playoffs? I know it's hard to win a championship, but you know they kind of portray that as the, the company motto, championships are bust, not championship, championships. Are they not as hungry as George was? Yeah, I think that that's something where George set that mandate win a championship or it's a failed season. I always thought that was tough to live up to because you, you could have a great season and, and the ball might not bounce your way in the postseason. We're talking about a team that is the last team to repeat as World Series champions. That's how hard it is to win in baseball. But they haven't won since 2009, and, and that's something they talk about internally. They, they, they want to change that. They, they look at 2017 and what happened with the Astros, and they feel that that was an opportunity that was – probably robbed from them. I mean, I'm sure the Dodgers feel the same way. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I think I think that this organization absolutely is, has a burning desire to win another title. It's not it's, it's not something that is uh, taken lightly. Will they come to regret the judge signing six, seven years down the road? I don't think so. I, I, I think we'll see. I think if you look at the history of long-term contracts, guys have struggled at the tail end. Judge is a really good athlete, but let's see where he ends up. They had to sign him, though. That was they, that was a gigantic move. That was a monumental move. He needed to be back. Totally agree. Yeah, I agree. And, okay, so listen, as much as I hate the, the 98 Yankees, I love the book. It was very interesting. I love the stories in it. Go out and get a copy. You can get it. It's a New York Times instant bestseller. It's top on the Amazon list for books, for sports books. It's the 1998 Yankees, the inside story of the greatest team in baseball. 
uh, the greatest baseball team ever. His name is Jack Curry. Jack, hell of a job today. Thanks for giving Thanks, us a couple Jack. minutes. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, guys. That's the- All right. How about that, Brett? How yep. about that? Jack Curry. Listen, it's, not, I'm, it's not Joe Namath, but I'm getting closer. You know what? If I got to talk 98 Yankees, it's going to be with Jack Curry after he writes a best-selling <laughs> book. I'll tell you that much. That's a, no, that, he's, that's, he's good. That's, you know what? He's fair. I'm sick of talking to my friends about it. Yeah, yeah. But him by, the way, by the way, I'm going to get slaughtered by a couple of yeah. you know who is going to slaughter me on those two mistakes I made. Yeah, you deserve it. I, yeah, you know what? But that, I thought the Jabba one kills me with the midges. That was funny. And because the, the Yankee, the, the, the captain thing, like, whatever. I'm, I, can, I can live with that. I even, watched you research, I even watched you research it and confirm it before. You watched you were like, me research you, it. You were like confirmed. I was like, I don't think so. No, I don't think you call it. No, if you did do no, that's how I remember that. it. That's why it was a bad clear, job. Pretty clear, like, pretty clear how I remember it. <laughs> You're such a jerk. You let me go out there and make an ass of myself. Oh, yeah, you the let midges. Me, Hold on, Jay Curry. Oh, Bob, what was that part about the midges? <laughs> it's not as bad as, as calling uh, Ed Lynch. Oh, what yeah, I call him? Yeah. Ed Cranepool. Ed Cranepool. I called he him Ed Lynch. He re- Last year, at the Old Timers Day what? interview, we interviewed Ed Lynch. Yeah. I called him Ed no, Cranepool. Right before he went out on the field. <laughs> For Old Timers Day. They were like, and... Yeah, he was like, oh. like, his name is Ed Cranepool. And he's like, no, it's not. He was so nice to me. <laughs> I edited it out, so uh, then, you know nobody knew about it. But it's too good not to tell you guys what it is. All right, so so that's that. Now, real quick, let's get into we got we got NBA, NHL, yeah. all types of stuff going on. Now, the Celtics, the Heat. Listen, actually, you know what? Let's start with the Sixers. Uh, Harden opts out. Okay, Harden is trash. All right, that, that that he was garbage. Nothing again in the playoffs. Okay, he came back. He came out. He did nothing in Game Seven. He no showed Game Seven. The Celtics went on like a fifty to three run in that second half. And blew out the Sixers in Game Seven. And B does nothing. And B does nothing. They fire Doc Rivers, who's probably the best coach. One of the he's a top five coach in the NBA. Do, do would you want him on the Knicks? Would you want to maybe talk to him and think about getting rid of Thibodeau no. after this season? No, only because it's the whole new process of a new system, a new coaching staff, and new people in there is not good for winning in your first year. You, if you want the Knicks to win next year and do something, it is not going to be with a new coaching staff. Now, now the Sixers, the reason they're doing this, it was kind of a choice. I think their choice was we're either going to go with Doc Rivers or we're going to go with Harden. And I think they're going to try and yeah, stick why with Harden. Would you choose Doc Rivers. I, I, well, well, Doc Rivers and his system with whoever he's had, including Harden, he doesn't, they whoever, it hasn't worked. It has not Worked and right now they're they're committing to Embiid, of course. But even that is honestly in flux at this point. Uh, you, think so Embiid, be, you think Embiid's going to want to hang around? But, but listen, here's a little dirty secret with the NFL, uh, with the NBA. Players don't opt out unless they already have a deal in place. He, you okay? know where he might go? Back to Houston. I know, but why? Back why to is Houston. anybody going to pay him it's this not money? Even that. He wants like a three or four year deal instead of his one year. He knows that it's not even that. Like I don't even know what numbers you're going to give. I can't imagine either that somebody would it's give max. him. He wants him basically a max. He's not going to give the super who's max. Giving him max. Who's? I mean, I don't understand that. That's my that. Maybe they will, but I can't imagine. Like I would never want to be like the Nixon giving him a max deal, even if you had no. the room. I wouldn't want him on my team. Like, would you rather? Let me ask you: Would you rather but, Julius Randle or James Harden? 
Next year, Julius Randle or James Harden on your team? Who do you want? I, I don't even know, to be honest with you. I think it's a toss-up. <laughs> I, think it's a, I think it's a dead heat. Like, I don't even, you know think, it's a, I don't even think it matters. Think in the don't even think it matters. Brunson or Harden? I don't want Harden at the tail end of his career dipping, because the next three years of Harden is not pretty. That guy does not work out for a moment in his whole, whole life. The next no. time he touches a basketball is the day that he is paid to come into whatever team he's playing for. Yeah, but see, I think Harden loves it. I think he loves his life, right? He likes he making the money. He hate. He just doesn't he, care. He doesn't even like basketball. He doesn't. No. I'm not saying he's not a hooper. He doesn't like to like. He could go out yeah. and do whatever. I'm saying he doesn't he does, care if he wins. He's not. You know that guy will not lift the weight, do an ounce of cardio, or do anything until the moment he has to show up to a camp. And his and and he, he'll play. Listen, here's what here's the deal. You're paying for and who nobody's coming to see him, right? Nobody's like, oh, we got James Harden. Let me go buy season tickets. No. So, right? No, no. Oh, the only so the whole he's not drawing anybody. It's all about the Sixers and, he's and Embiid. Not. It's about Embiid. No, the whole thing was them together. It was an MVP performance by Embiid. Does that equal them winning in the playoffs? I don't think so. You need Harden to show up every day. You will get consistent enough play out of him to make Embiid an MVP. You won't yeah, get you'll enough get to win. 50, you'll get two fifty-point games a season. Not to go win three seven-game series, you won't. You're not going to go no. win three seven-game series with Harden. I don't think ever. I don't think four, you're going to get consistent four. No, I know, but you got to win three to get. I understand, but <laughs> Bob, I, I understand, but you have to get. Listen, you're talking about getting to the finals. These guys are the guys who okay. are trying to get past the second round. Forget about winning three. Those guys got to win two, and then win. Like it's really that ridiculous for me. This is one of the best teams, one of the best players who is just cannot pass this point. No, because he doesn't care. And Doc Rivers His name obviously is 100 million. Doc Rivers a shot. You know what? I'm all for a new coach. Bring in Nick Nurse. Everybody wants him. Everybody oh, fired I everybody. Rivers, I would take Doc everybody Rivers fired everybody. Listen, the Bucks, the Suns, and the Sixers need coaches. This is and crazy. They were, they were like three of the top five teams. They in the are, NBA. and they still will be. That's crazy. Uh, yeah, I, that's crazy. And, and uh, to Doc, listen, if you gave me, do I want Harden or Doc Rivers? Give me Doc Rivers. Yeah, Doc well, Rivers is a good coach. Well, how about this? Give you, give you a LeBron or give you a Jokic? Jokic, what do you take? I'm taking LeBron. I I'm think taking the Jokic. Lakers are going to come back and win Jokic. the series. Triple double every single day. This guy is unreal, and nobody cares. Who nobody was the last? Ready, ready, Brett, Brett, I'll give you a hundred dollar bill. Oh, uh, yeah, I don't know the answer. Who was the last? Who was the last American born player to win the NBA MVP? The last American born American born player. The last one to win the. NBA MVP. Wow, that's tough. Three seconds. Two. One. Uh, James, James Harden. James Harden. James Harden. Do you believe really? that, though? That like, 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 really? That's he won an MVP? Yeah. Come on. And he stinks. He stinks. He kills teams. You like, really think the Lakers stepped up uh, in this series? You think so? I think the Lakers, yeah, I do. I think the Lakers win tonight. They played it, yeah, tonight. Yeah, they played tonight. And the Celtic, listen, the Heat. The Heat. The, how about man. the Heat? Let me tell you. How about Miami? No. How about the Heat and how about the Panthers? No. What a what a disappointing performance by Jason Tatum. Zero field goals yeah, but, in the yeah, fourth so, okay. quarter. What no? But what is with game no, no, no. seven? No. What is with? I did. I see game seven. I saw the interview after game six talking about how he's the greatest basketball player on the planet. How his talking crap during game seven when he's shooting shots and zero field goals in the fourth quarter versus in game one of one of the, of the, the same thing series. They did. This it's is the same ridiculous. thing they did. It's the same thing they did against against. Uh, they didn't. They the were double teaming him. They weren't doing anything. He just didn't touch the ball. It was nuts. There were 11. Well, listen, game six, he had one of the worst 
up until until the up last until eight the minutes. Fourth, he was the last. He was one of the worst players ever. He was I can James tell you, Harden. you're definitely not going to score fifty one or do anything or help your team win if you don't even touch the ball in the fourth quarter. This is embarrassing. It's the same thing Embiid did. What's going on yeah. with these guys? How are these MVP? These guys are the MVPs. The all NBA MVPs. How are they not touching the ball in the fourth quarter with four minutes That's, left? Well, the opposite of James Harden and Kyrie and, and all these guys who just decide not to show up is Jimmy Butler. 35 oh points God, last yeah. night. Killed it against the Knicks. He's just, he just, it's like playoff Jimmy Butler and it's... He is one of the most amazing stories in basketball. He was junior college. Do you know that? Junior college making himself onto a college because nobody would take him. That kid worked his way up into the NBA draft and out of nowhere becomes, and so humble and so quiet about it and, it, and he gets nothing. He's another one who gets no credit. Him and Jokic. They should be playing each other in these finals because nobody gives a crap about either one of these guys. And they talk about LeBron, and they talk about KD, and they talk Listen, about LeBron, all no, They talk LeBron about Embiid, well. and they talk about Giannis. And get, you know what? I, they were down 25 points in that game. LeBron won a flash. Yeah. No, you're right. Win. LeBron might do it. Let me tell you. If LeBron's going to prove it, he might He might do it. Now, who who wins uh, to do the Celtics? The yeah. Celtics then. Now, the Celtics yeah. back against the wall. You have to win game two, right? Celtics win game two. They win I it agree, convincingly. They win because, it by yeah, because gonna be the, That's exactly what the Knicks did. Remember? Yes. Knicks no, dropped no, no. game one, but, I, that, but this, that game one cost the them the series. The Celtics were up by 14 in this game. They were up by nine at the half. They blew this game. Uh, they blew it. Absolutely blew it. Now, the Lakers were getting blown. They were getting run out of the gym until the fourth quarter. Yeah. They came back. Yeah. Almost came all the way back. They ended yeah. up losing... They made, and just and they're all yeah, some big defensive switch in the fourth quarter. They bring over what uh, Hachimura on Jokic, and all of a sudden, then they shut him down. He only gets uh, two attempts and th- shuts him down in the fourth quarter. Now, yeah, good luck with that. That lasted for five minutes. Yeah, good luck with the whole game. With that. Yeah, exactly. And then they're playing. Listen, I, I'm, playing I'm not right betting against LeBron. I think the Celtics win. What happened? They're playing right now. Fourteen, thirteen. Oh, okay, it started already. What time? It's already eight thirty. We're, doing, we're, we're way long here, Brad. You don't even we're know what day it is. You just had a baby. You have no idea what day it is. I think no idea. Did, I, the other before you were like texting me like it was Friday. So, uh, then, well then, then let's get the hell off this show, Brad. People don't want to watch this anymore. Yeah, we're um, getting there. So now, real quick, is I my baby Bethany Hope Walters? She is the she's the she's the new love of my life. She's the new star. Of the family in locked up sports, is she reverse? Is the curse reversed? Is there a chance well, that this well, could be the reverse of the curse? hundred oh, percent. It's not even close. And let me tell you, you know, what we're gonna do. We're gonna put up the Bethany Hope Walters uh, on our Twitter, maybe on our Facebook, and have the win loss since birth continuing. Yes, was, and this will like be said, this will be the Mets spark for this year. This will be the turning point. This will be the moment. Be. And let me tell you, when you look back on this, you're going to see that the before birth, it's going to, when we look back, it's going to be <laughs> Pre- just like, just like we work. It's going to be just like before Christ, the birth. Yes, just before <laughs> Bethany and after Bethany. It's going to be happening. BBAB. So BBAB? It's going to be AB is the greatest, greatest, greatest time in Mets history. Well, I mean, listen, imagine a lifetime. She's lived an entire her entire life. The Mets have never lost. The Yankees have never won. A-B day. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that. Super excited. So, 
That pretty much does it for us. We want to thank Jack Curry for coming on, giving us a couple minutes. Check out the book. Oh, I also, oh, before I go, Brett, before I forget, one. I, ra- I, uh, I ran into this girl today. I forget her name. I'm going to put it up. I do have her name. On the streets of Manhattan. I was, in a, I was running to get lunch because I had to get back to the hospital to feed my child. She asked me, you know, something about, do you have a second? I was like, what? Okay. She was bubbly. She was nice. She was an awesome girl. She ended up getting me to contribute to autism. Okay. Autism, the name of the, it's myasdf.org. Myasdf.org. Autism. You can donate $15. Now, they're giving away $20,000, which is weird to me because, like, why not use that money towards the autism? But anyway, they might be getting a lot of money. If you get that money, org, go give it. It's only 15 bucks. If you win the 20, if you win the 20, you take it or do you give it back to the charity? That's what I was thinking. Is it like the golf outing? Where when you win, or like when they, you win the 50-50 at a, at, a, at, a, at a Chinese auction. They guilt you, you right they, in the spot. They guilt you there. They guilt you, I know. And it's not like right. You're at the it's charity, right like, you know what? That. Put it back in. Put Because I'm not giving it. Now, I yeah. won, did you, no, I you I do won a 50%, one time. 50% or something like that, but then you do it on your taxes. Now, here's the deal. One time at a bar in Patchog, I hit the roll of the day. Okay? I yep. hit it for like $1,500. Yep. Now, I had to give back, I think it was 300 but that's to start the new pot. That's the rules, right? That's part of the rules. You bartender, I bartender, we know roll of the day. If you're not familiar with roll no, of the day, it's the, this five dice. You have to roll, the you bartender. get one roll. That's to the bartender. That's not going back to the pot. That's going to the bartender. Oh, you do you know it's house. Just start the pot. No, I'm not doing to the bartender. The no, but I'm not doing roll of the day if there's $20 in the pot. Because that'll be the time I hit. And I'll take my, what, $20? I'd be pissed if you hit the roll of the day and it's twenty dollars. I hit it. It was now take the it, odds. Take, I it a, up, take it from a former bartender that did not go back in the pot. So, so what'd you do? You started it at zero or like twenty five dollars? That's up. That, yeah, that's how it worked. You started the. You beat. got somebody to roll the dice. Give you the. It's a dollar. Oh, yeah. People don't know. Yeah, it's real, one dollar. Real tough crowd. Five dice. Real, you gotta real get hard. I got you to roll with nothing in that pot. <laughs> You, yeah, because you told him, listen, God, we got uh, enough free beers at that place. Me, yeah, give me a break. <laughs> got another pile of $500 by the end of the night. Okay, so listen, donate, it's 15 bucks, okay? Brett, don't. Autism. Don't, I don't give me any garbage. I, yeah, best I like you on that. You're, you're throwing bucks. out good karma all week. I like yeah, this, Yeah, no, Bob. this is, this is, a, this this like, is uh, I'm a changed man, Brett. I'm I a like changed it. man. I like it. Like, I'm helping the kids. Because you know what I did? Here's what I did. I'm going to admit this right now. And my wife already knows about this, so, so don't even worry about it. There was a girl about six months ago. Stop me for the save the ch- adopt the children, right? Yeah. Adopt the girl, pay for the, the you know the pay for the feed, the food, whatever. Some poor poor children, save the children. She was cute. Okay, she was flirting with me. I was flirting with her. Yeah. I ended up donating. I, I ended up signing up for like a monthly subscription. It's like going to the strip club and thinking the girl likes you. Yeah. I gave her the I gave her the wrong bank account number. So so it wouldn't go through. <laughs> you know what that reminds me of? I'm still getting emails. You, no, you know what that reminds me of? That reminds me of when we go to Mets games and they used to have the cre- sign up for the credit card and we'll give you a free towel or a free hat. And we'd show up with names and random numbers and we'd always get our free uh, whatever it was for the day. So my wife was going to the doctor. She was in the urgent care waiting and I'm outside. She's like, what are you doing? It's taking 20 minutes. I'm like, I'm just I'm doing something out here. I ended up going and I told, I told her right off the bat. I was like, "Listen, the girl got me. She was talking to me. She was cute. She, you know, 
Saving the and, children. Uh, and, and I gave her the wrong account number, and I'm still getting calls from these guys. And still getting emails. Hey, hey, you want to sign up? They, they Thank you so much. We, we, we missed you know, you know something they, with the account. You know they this one, though? This one? Listen, myasdf.org. Myasdf.org. I gave the real number. I've already sent the money. I put in. I put thirty dollars. You only. You only have to put fifteen. Send it. Send it. This girl is. I'm telling you, she's fantastic. Female. I had a. Like she was bubbly. She's young. Like it was nothing like the last girl. You know. But we had a great. She's great. They were all. They're. They're, they're doing. They're doing good work. Autism is a serious problem. Donate some money and help out the foundation. Brett, listen, I got a daughter now, so I got things to do. I got, I got. Hey. She's coming home tomorrow. She's coming home tomorrow. Yeah, you ready? Yeah, trust me. The studio next week's not going to sound this. Uh, quiet. I got a drink right. I got a drink right here because it's my last night without a child home here. My last night ever, and not that that's a bad thing. I'm an old. I'm a forty-something-year-old man. How old are we now, Brett? Forty-two. I'm forty-two. Forty-two. Exactly. So now let's go watch these basketball games. Enjoy the basketball games. Let's go, Mets. Congrats, Rick Bob. Rosso, I'm Bob Walters. See ya. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to let everyone know by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or on our website at LockedUpSports.net. Remember, you can also find us on your favorite social media site, on Twitter at LockedUpSports, on the gram at Locked underscore up underscore sports. Join our Facebook group, Locked Up Sports, or on TikTok at Locked Up Sports Show. Now you can catch all the latest from Locked Up Sports anytime. Thanks for listening.